Often Spheres Omer isn't much more for us than a time not to listen to music and try our luck at growing a beard. And once we get past Lag Bomer, it's not even that. It's kind of like this neutral zone till Shavuos. So let's think together as we have a solid chunk of the sphere still in front of us and see if we can make the, these days, which really are so unique. The great Makubal, the Rishash, says that these are the days, really the Iker days of the year. So we can take these days, which are, really are unique, and make them a little more special. So to me, on a basic level, the two central themes of this time are Ratzon, desire, working on our positive desires. So we'll try to explain, and Tikkun Amidus, fixing ourselves. These are the days of Tikkun Amidus, Derech Haaretz, Kadmul Torah. Shavuos is the day of Torah, the day of receiving the Holy Torah. But we need time to fix ourselves up before that to get ready. Some like to work during the 48 days on the 48 Kinyani Torah. It's quite a feverish pace to me. A meet a day. It's kind of like a matrix, you know, just plugging into your head. But, okay. And the Kinyani Torah are, are all Rubo Kikulo, about Midos, etc. The scene of Shanghai during World War II. Holocaust is raging in Europe. It's about 1942, 1943, Shanghai. Shanghai is a very interesting place because it was a refuge for many Jews. Of course, I think the most famous group that was there as a group was the Mir Yeshiva, which was sadly and happily the only Yeshiva, happy that they survived, sadly the others didn't, but the only Yeshiva which really existed and continued as a whole was the Mir. But there were many others. There were Hasidim there, or there were uh, refugees from other uh, yeshivas. There's some Hasidish rabbis there, and there was. And I happened to know the umshin of a rabbi was there. I don't know if the story was about him that I didn't hear. But there was a Hasidish rabbi who in, ran into a one of the Gedoli Mir, one of the Arayos of Chabura, and the Mir Yeshiva named Lay Boxed. Lay Boxed eventually became the Yeshiva in Detroit. His son-in-law lives in Harnof, and uh, he could do the pen trick. Lay Boxed, you know, he could. They say he could do the. The pin trick. Yeah, he could do the pin trick with Leibach. He was a great man. and But he was then uh, unmarried, I believe, Bacher. And he ran into this Hasidic Rebbe. And you have to realize, in Europe, it's not like today. Baruch Hashem, today, you can go to Tish, you can go to the Mir, you can go to Merkaz Arav, right? You can go all over and get every flavor of Yiddishkeit. You get a little Temani, a little, do, do, you can do Slichod uh, with the Temanim, and then go get... Uh, just like, you know, you get, you get all the flavors. You, know, Matsumi, you go here in the morning, here in the afternoon. All the, we get all the flavors. In Europe, a lot of times, it's very separate. There are people, there are Hasidim who almost never saw a Litvak, and there are Litvaks who almost never saw Hasidim. I've read stories like that. So, you had this, like, influx in Shanghai of different cultures. So, this Rebbe's heard about Rabbi Yeruchim Lovavitz, the famed Mashkiach of the Mir Yeshiva, passed away in 1936, who was the great light of the fourth generation of Musser, Greatest light, Revolva calls him Or Alum, the light of the world. And his uh, imprint was very much felt by the Talmud Amir, and really in the whole yeshiva world for years later. And this rabbi had heard about Rabbi Rucham. And he ran into this Hashiva Mir Bachar, laid back, and he said, Tell me something, Rabbi Rucham. I've heard about him so much. Give me a Dvar Torah. Sir Blaib launched into a whole discussion about the negativity that's, that, that is in man, his bad midas, how far his bad characteristics can take him, the whole thing. And the Rebbe said, unbelievable. Unbelievable. He said, but I have to tell you, with me and my Hasidim, it's different. 
It's different. He says, let's imagine a, a, a large building. Back then, maybe it was 20 commode, 30 commode, 30 floors. I think my chassidim to like a higher floor. Because when you look from the lower floor, you see a lot of garbage. You know what I'm saying? So I take them above that to a place of Romulus, a place of, of, of grandeur, a vision, a movement. So why are you talking about the negative stuff? Blade Box was a truth seeker, and it bothered him. And he went to the then Mashkiach of the Mir Yeshiva, Rav Chatzka Levenstein, who became the famous Mashkiach of Panovich afterwards, and asked him this. And, he, and Rav Chatzka said, two perspectives here, but Rav Chatzka said, go to the Rebbe and tell him about Sasson's house. Sasson's house. Huh. What was Sasson's house? Now, you know, wealthy people often live in cities, but they want to have bigger houses. So in the, in the cities, you can only have such a big house. So Mr. Sasson was a big fear, a big uh, philanthropist also, and he moved, maybe he had a second home, I don't know, but in the burbs, in Shanghai, where was he made himself a second house. There's one problem, he built that on the landfill. You guys know what a landfill is? Landfill is where you have put a lot, a lot of garbage down, and you stuff the garbage in, and you cover it, it's really packed in. You can play football on it, etc., you can build a house on it. And Mr. Sasson built his house on this landfill. That's where there was area. After a while, though, it was like the haunted house. The house started moving. You could do the sponge and just get all the water right out. You know? It was simple. That was Rav Chatzkel's lesson. Tell the Rebbe about Sasson's house. Meaning to say, if the foundations aren't solid, if the person has a lot of garbage in himself, you can build a house, but eventually the house comes crashing down or it comes slowly caving in. Revolba, the great Mashkiach, brings in the safe. I was fond of, heard it from him a few times, of quoting the telling words of Chavital. So Chavital, the greatest Talmud of the Ariza, the one who all we have from the Ariza is from him, really, mostly. And he dealt with a very important question. He says, Why is it we find such severity? in the realm of Midos, characteristics. Talk about characteristics, many of them which don't even have a, there aren't that many lavim in the Torah which directly talk about characteristics. Call a koes, kilo ovid of someone gets angry as if he idol-worshipped. Idol-worshipped. I got angry. Gaiva. What does it say about Gaiva? Shem says, I can't live together with a Baal Gaiva. Just he's It pushes me away. Why such severity? So Bhavital explains that there are two systems. There's the Midos system and there's the mitzvos system. Mitzvos operate on a higher plane. That's man touching infinity. Building is Olam Haba. Every mitzvah builds a palace for ourselves. It's a level beyond the goings-on of this world. That's why sometimes we don't always perceive how mitzvahs direct things in this world because a lot of it is directing things in another world. It's directions in Japanese because you're building all in Haba. But the more basic system is the Midas system. This is a Haimi Tal's words. Midas is the foundation. And, therefore, when the foundation is off, there's nowhere you can't get to. Someone's mad enough, could kill somebody else. 
make a machlokis, embarrass other people. All the mitzvahs are mutter. All the deris are off. Because he wronged me. My need to look good makes me lenient when I get a stain on my jacket on Shabbos Yomtev. My active appetite makes me see something with a sketchy hechsher as... That's an OU, isn't it? No, it's a K. Not an OU. That's a K. It's not a circle. We run into people from time to time who are totally not in control of their midas, and some of them even know a lot of Torah. And the truth is, when you run into people like that, we all have challenges, challenges, but there's people who see that they're, they've lost it. Like the Chazal we quoted last time, Mutav Shalom Lisa, it would be better they wouldn't know Chachamus Torah. With all the Torah they know, through their bad midas, they become Chil Hashem's, they pervert the Torah, their rotten midas are produced by the Torah, even sometimes, like the Grah writes. That's the severity of Midas. You know, we love to run away from Midas work. From really looking at ourselves deeply and figuring out where to improve. We're very good when it comes to others. You know, we have brilliant ideas, formulations, solutions. A lot of people find a special siyata dishmaya when it comes to their spouses. We're experts on their bad Midas, you know. Our spouses, our competitors, our in-laws... Up in endless, you could write a whole encyclopedia, a magnum opus. You know, you know where to start, where to end. But brother, it's time to start writing our own story. Maybe it's going to be less juicy and shorter, but that's the book we really have to write. Sometimes we don't even look at our meters because we're afraid to see what we'll see. May Rebbe, one of the Musa guys of our generation, of Leichter, was once, in fact, uh, coming to my house for Shabbos. I invited him, and he came. I'm coming first, and he called me up one day. He says, David, can I come? Great. Boy, were we nervous, my wife and I, you know? With his amazingly sharp eye, he's going to see through all our grave mistakes, and who knows what else. It was like having a Ruach HaKodesh Baba who's going to come and look at your forehead and look at all of your sins. My wife commiserated with a wife of another Talmud, my friend, my friend Pinchas, and they came to the conclusion, look, at the end of the day, it's good. If he knows you better, he knows, he'll know what advice to give you. He's not going to use the information in a bad way. He'll have an added knowledge into your family. So here's the point. What are we so afraid of? Ourselves. But you have to know that. You can only gain by knowing yourselves better, and engaging in this great journey. Not knowing who you are, and not dealing with it, not helping anybody. To thine own self be true. And deeper, you have to believe in God. And who we are today is so much built on hashkacha, who we've been around, and what situations we've been in. And that's from Him. Why he wanted that for each of our neshamas we would have such a different life, perspective, conditions, connections, rabbis, parents, communities, that's beyond anything any of us can know. But each person's pekka, peckle, with its good, bad, beautiful, 
and ugly parts is a personal gift from the Rabboni Shalom to debt to the unique Shlemus only you can get to. There never has been, think about this for a second, there never has been and there never will be anybody exactly like you with all that. So turning your back and not being true to yourself is ultimately turning your back on him, on what he gave you. We could run to learning, we could run to guitar, we could run to all types of things away from him. But we don't want to do that, do we? And if we get over our fears, we can learn that knowing yourselves is nice. It's fun. Knowledge is enjoyable. What better knowledge to have than knowledge of yourself? People run to new restaurants, a new cuisine. Believe me, it's the old stuff. I spoke to a taxi driver yesterday about what goes on from restaurants. I won't share it here publicly. It's not that interesting. You get a lot more pleasure by running to Tikkunamidus. I want to share five keys, which I haven't shared other times giving the schmooze, to working on your Midas. One is self-knowledge. Just uh, obviously very broad strokes. Limited time we have. Just One is self-knowledge. If you don't know yourself, it's very, very hard to work on your Midas. It's obvious. You think you're good at this, you're bad at that. You think you're bad at this, you're good at that. If you don't sit down and evaluate yourself, so you're lost. Next is desire. It's funny to me, sometimes people start something without any real desire. Maybe they heard a shmooze, they think they're supposed to do it, or they got a, you know, a momentary chizuk, a shpa, a shmooze or something, I don't know. You have to really think you have to have a desire. If you don't want to change and improve, you aren't going to get very far. You know, in the world of therapy, we speak about, and they speak about good candidates for therapy and bad candidates for therapy, and there are different things that do that, but one of the most things is people have a desire. Someone doesn't want to change, it's a very bad candidate. Next is knowledge. You need knowledge. Baruch Hashem, we have a lot of knowledge in our field. There are Musas Forum. Mishlei. Labdil Psychology has excellent books to teach you about how man people work. You can mine those self-help books. So that's self-knowledge, desire, knowledge. Next I would say is mentors, guidance. People, like the Masila Sharm said, have gone through the maze a little bit more. We're all, no one's now, most people today aren't out of the maze and metukin, but there are people who have a lot more knowledge. A lot of Yerubayim have a lot more knowledge about things. Yerubayim, others need monsters in this field. Then another one I want to mechadish is a chavra. At least a chavrusa. Anything we do only on our own, on our own is very, very difficult. You see Daf Yomi, it's such koach today because there's so many people doing it. It's such a, you get on a train. So find a chavra of like-minded people when you think about communities to live in. But these people want to work on themselves. These people want to grow, not just in learning, but also into a little bit more to themselves. At least the chabrusa. So those are five keys, I think, in broad strokes. Self-knowledge, desire, knowledge, guidance, and the chabr, at least the chabrusa. Okay, that was, friends, a little about Midas. <coughs> I want to focus on something that in a certain way is naturally further than us, a little bit more mechudish, something, something newer than we mentioned at the beginning. That Svira is a time to work on our positive desires. What does that mean? And what does that have to do with Svira? So let's see together the famous Chinuch, Mitzvah Shinvav 306, the Sefer Chinuch, 
who explains the reason for mitzvos, reason for the commandments, talks about the reason for Sviris Homer. And it's such a great piece, I'm going to read part of it to you word by word. Mishar Shem Mitzvah. He's like the Tom, the reason for the mitzvah. The whole point of the Jewish people, Eino Ela Torah. It's like, what's our point? What are we here for the Torah? It's the reason. That's why we left Egypt. In order that we receive the Torah and, and fulfill it. Umnei came. Okay, so that's what we're about. We're about the Torah. I'm a Torah. That's what Jewish people is. Learning is a national pastime, I always say. Umnei came. Kihi ikarn Because it's our main point. Ubavur nigalu. And this is why we celebrated Passover. Why did God do these great things? Take us on Kafei Nisharim and destroy another nation because of us in order that we would see the Torah. And it's Davinu Lumnos. For that reason, we were commanded to count. Ad Yom Torah until the day of the giving of the Torah. Laharos Binafshenu. To show in ourselves the great desire. El Yom Hanichbad The desired honorable day, Libenu, that day which is so special to us. When you count to something, you count down. How many days till the end of school? How many days till the wedding? How many days? How many days till vacation? Kevin Yishift Sale, like an Evan working hard, who's desirous of a little shade. The Yimna Tumin, he's always counting. When will I get out of this jail? Just a few more days. That shows what a person desires to, what he's leaning towards, like That's what Sphere is all about. And of course, the famous question so why do you count up and not backwards? Is basically the Chinuch says if we thought that said 49, there'll be so many days, that'll be hard for us. So we count one at the beginning. By the time we get to 49, we know it's ending. Other explanations. That's the idea of sphere. That's the idea of desire. Desire, by counting, we're showing desire. Hopefully developing desire, expressing desire. So that's why I say this is a time, not just for Tikkun Amidos, in a general sense as we discussed, but it's a time for working on our desires. Now, to be honest, I think often, mostly, a lot of the time, sphere doesn't have a lot to do with all this. You know, I usually have two goals. One is to be Yotzi the Din, try to count. And those two is, you know, get there. It's a great feeling after you counted 49 days without messing up, you know? Baruch Hashem. That's nicer, Bosa, but so far off. I mean, that's, that's not what it's about. What the Omer is supposed to be. Ke'evet yishev tzel. Laharos b'nafshenu. Achevet tzagaro al-yom ha-nechba v'nechzav li-beinu. Ke'evet yishev. V'inim n'tomid. Matayavo eis ha-nechzav elav. Sheitz l'cheris. How much does a caddy at that golf course in Florida waiting with his clients' heavy new clubs thinking, when is he finally going to get to the 18th hole and I can get into the clubhouse? So, let's try to make this a little more practical and try to think what, how can we be our canoe 
to our, our levels? How can we connect to this idea of the chinuch in a, in a real way? So it's a big idea. Bated breath. Shwus. By the way, you see it's a riot to what the Ramchal says. We're perceiving this the day we're getting the Torah again. If it was just a historical recollection, you don't count down to a historical recollection. It means the perception is we're receiving the Torah again. Otherwise, what are we waiting for? So, I always think that the beginning is we have to get our, our heads around this whole concept of being desirous of things at all. Ratzon, you know, so, so often today, we, the way that desire has been, you know, misused and destroyed and trampled upon in every commercial and every series and, you know, so, so the whole word, even when we hear the word desire, it brings up negative things to us. So we have to try to get our health, ourselves around this in a healthy way. We often evaluate others, ourselves, our children, by how much we know, what we do, what they do, or worse, how much someone is worth, how much money he has. But Torah tells us to look at something else. Who is the wise person, someone who learns from every person? Is this a Benam Lachavero? Or is it a Benam Latzmo? Meaning, listen, if I go speak to this person at the wedding and ask him, teach me something, so he's going to feel good. It's there to give people a good feeling. Or is it something that reflects on my essence? So listen to this amazing Rebbein It's worth coming to Yeshiva to hear this Rebbein Amrei Chachmei Omus said the wise men of the nations, Ki kol someone who knows all wisdoms. That's a lot. He knows all wisdoms, and there's a lot of wisdom to know. But he's a machine. He doesn't really ask him. Do you see any passion in him? Now, don't, don't judge him because you don't see his passion. He doesn't have to jump up and down like a poppy seed. People show passion in different ways. But if you see him, and he's just cold about it. He's just, you know, there's a lot of time on his hands. He's really, really bright. He's a fool. He doesn't love wisdom. Someone who loves wisdom. And is desirous of it. Even though he knows nothing. You know nothing means? Nothing! This person will get there. He'll get there. He will get wisdom. He's so desirous of wisdom, he'll get there. He'll get to the true wisdom. This guy might know lots and lots of facts. I've seen people like that. A fact machine in the encyclopedia. No shaykhs to anything deeper. Zero. No shaykhs to himself. No shaykhs to, to anything. But he has a lot of fancy facts. He's impressive and people like him and institutions fall for him. But there's nothing real there. He scratched the surface. It's emptiness. Someone else knows less, but he's desirous. That's a chacham. Valzelmer ben zomei is a chacham alomim koladim. Hello, made a is a simon, as we in the Shri terminology. It's a sign. Someone who's going to learn from every. It has nothing to do with Ben Machaber. It's not about giving that guy a good feeling. Maybe that's a nice side point. Who's the person who learn? Why do you want to learn from every person? Because he has wisdom for me. I'm singing Yeshiva all day. But there's other wisdom outside. You don't want that wisdom? 
That means you something left and lacking in your desire. You go to a wedding, what are you going to do? I'll shoot the breeze for three hours. Maybe I'll get. Maybe they'll bring out two main courses. You know, they asked a certain person, meat or chicken. He said, the order doesn't make a difference. You have something to learn from. They're smart people. They're Torah people. They're business people. All types of good people. Learn something at a wedding. Someone, I know this guy knows one thing. Yimimim, I can learn from him. Unbelievable. So it's not about giving someone else a good feeling. It's about you. You're Meshuggah for Chachma. You'll do anything to get it, and from anybody. A taxi driver, and of course a Talmud Chacham. Some people like this when it comes to the regular people. Talmud they don't have so much to tell me. Let me hear someone who makes some money. I want to learn from him. You know, the great Rav Huttner spent time once with the altar of Navardic's daughter, Rebetzin Yafin, and gave a very large check to Navardic institutions afterwards. Maybe $1,000 back then, which was an enormous amount of money. I think that was a number. And someone asked him, why so much? You know? He says, I wasn't giving money to Navardic. I was giving money to spend time with her. Altar of Navardic's daughter? Who doesn't want to be a chacham? It's all about desire. You're not what you're eat, what you're eat. You are who your desires are. By the way, I always thought it was nice here that Rabbeinu is not quoting from the Chachmi Umos. In the Lomi Mikolod, and he's not quoting from the non-Jews. This is a concept. And by the way, also, it's interesting to note that the ancient Greeks used to have a word, I forgot what it was, for chacham, wise man, which meant someone who had accumulated knowledge. Knowledge. And I think maybe Aristotle, or one of them, switched it to what word? Philosopher. Which means what? Loves what? Loves wisdom. Loves wisdom. Philo, Anglophile. Loves wisdom. That was a change the Greeks themselves made. From someone who's accrued and accumulated to someone who loves. Philosopher, philosoph, soft is wisdom. Philo, philo is loves, a lover of wisdom. Sir Bosite, we have to start looking, learning to look at ourselves through the eyes of Rutzen. We have to realize, and it's such a new thing, that's why I always try to at least speak about once a year, to myself, to everybody. I have to understand the power and the supremacy of this idea of, of ruts and of desire, desire specifically about these things. What do I want? What should I want? How do I want to start wanting the right things? Think about how far you'll go when you want something. And think about how much you drag your feet when you don't want it. Think of a teenager. You ask him to walk 15 feet to the garbage and how difficult it is. And you say, could you go 1,500 feet to get the car? In a second. 15 feet for the garbage? Oh, mom. You can have the car. It's about three kilometers away. I'm there. I got it. We have to learn to do the T-I-double-R system. Hmm? T stands for to think about I stands for identify. You have to think about your desires. We're talking about self-knowledge. How desires a person am I in? You have to identify them. Where are my ritzones? My good ones, my bad ones. You have to double R. You have to refine them and you have to respect them. Without thinking about and identifying, you're not in the parashiva claw. You haven't reached run first base. But then you can R, you can refine. It's hard to change ritzon. It's not simple. But you can refine it. Try to improve. Take my desires up a notch. Maybe I can come this year, I can become a little bit more shy after the Sefer Chinuch. Maybe. Maybe I can refine it. I like the Torah. Maybe I could like it a little bit more. 
And finally, R is respect. You have to respect this power. Of Cook, Manarayash, she has a phenomenal line. Listen to this line. Haratzon Yisodachayim. Desire is the foundational point of life. It must be pumping in life. Desire. Cheshik. Hamusser. Hatorah. Call or Kadush Elyon. All the greatest lights. has to, those, all we learn has to strain our desire. But not to, not to blur or fog its desire. There are great people who are full of desire, and sometimes their desires go wrong, and sometimes you have other people who don't see what they can become and just crush them and blur them. Just, But you're taking away the koach. Yeah, of course. You have to take those desires the right way. You see a kid who's a little bit wild? Don't don't straddle men in. He has potential. He's acting out. You're right. You gotta be miyasha that. But don't turn him into a don't strangle him. Don't neuter him. He's powerful. All this is just the beginning of all of our talk, but it's a needed first step, and now's the time to do it. You know, we don't find in a certain way enough religious ambition today. There's ambition in politics, and certainly in business. You know? But why is it there not more in our shuls and our schools? Let's dream about a better Jewish future. Let's desire an improved world. Let's imagine ourselves being great people. So often we're just kind of going through the motions, being good. This is what sphere is all about. To have a deep desire for the greatest thing. To realize, like the Chinuch said, the Torah is what it's all about. And the whole purpose of the world. And Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim. And through that, to be chalashing for Shavuos. When will that blessed day finally come? We can start, take a small but significant step in that direction through the ideas mentioned. And if all else fails... Let's at least want to want.